Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. Did you know the Untitled Wrestling Podcast is on all of the social media outlets? Give us a like, follow, share, subscribe, or even a review if you're feeling generous. Facebook and YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It is Tuesday. You know what that means. It's your boy, Big Tasty. I'm joined by Jay. How's it going, Jay? I'm not too bad. Good, good. We're here for a special review, a one-off, a special. Uh, last week, we went to a local promotion, uh, Liverpool TNT. They had their annual Deathmatch tournament, DOA 2022. Uh, so we're here to just do a quick uh, a quick and dirty review of, of the show, because we had a really good time, didn't we? It was wild. Uh, just a quick disclaimer before we... Um, before we start the review, we haven't been given any sort of we have no we have no agreements with TNT. They're our local promotion. Um, this is a obviously an honest and fair review. Um, I do have a, a past and sort of ongoing business association with them through my association with Top Road Brewing, but everything we're saying here is like our own opinions. Basically, we're not being told what to say or anything. And we're gonna and we're gonna, we're gonna tell it how we thought how we saw it. It is mostly good, but there's a few things we want to talk about. I think company shill big tasty. <laughs> Corporate whore. Um, <laughs> hey mate, when I'm meeting uh, when I'm meeting Brett Lauder and you're not, then it's going to be uh, so bad. It. <laughs> right, so um, we'll get into the the elephant in the room first. Is that sort of some unfortunate circumstances sort of devastated the card a little bit? Um, out of the eight competitors in the tournament, uh, Alex Cologne couldn't travel um, because of bad weather, so he was stuck in the states. And Charlie Evans and Tyler Devlin both couldn't make it either for, for various reasons. So what I will say off the bat before we get into the show is I think they did a really good job of sort of booking around the, the shit show they were handed. Yeah. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I know Charlie Evans was injured, isn't she? Um, yeah. Tyler Devlin, hopefully he's all right. Didn't, there wasn't anything kind of said about that one. Um, but yeah, they, they did a really good job of kind of like patching up like stuff especially because like Alex Cologne literally was tweeting like the day before about the show so yeah. like obviously it was like and he was like, was he, like and, and TNT before the pandemic they always had like one big like US name that came over for every every show and he was like the big one for this for this uh, for the show and it was it kind of it didn't it, one thing I'd say it didn't seem to take the wind out of anyone's sails that, that he wasn't there like everyone even the fan from the fans to the performers everyone just got on with it and had a really good time yeah um yeah, they, they did a really, as I say, they did a really good job of kind of patching up, um, if you will, the uh, the kind of holes in the shift, so to speak. Yeah, right. So we'll get into the into the card. So we, we actually, it was quite a lot. Of, obviously, it was a tournament, so there's a lot of matches on this card. Um, none of them went mad long, but um, they, they all had, I think, every, everything. nothing felt short. Everything felt like it had enough time, which was quite cool. I mean, it was a long show. It was like three and a half hours. That was just the main show plus the pre-show. Yeah, so we so you, you certainly got your money's worth. Um, so we'll start with the pre-show, and that was a uh, friend of the podcast, Lizzie Evo, versus Mad Kurt. And I mean, this match it was a really fun match, wasn't it? Like Mad Kurt was playing like a top gob joke. 
Yeah, yeah, he really was. He, like, was in, he was in like a onesie and he was just being a prick and he was trying to like, because he was obviously, you know, being, having an agenda match. So you always trying to bill it as like the man trying to overpower the woman and, and like he, he kind of got the better of Lizzie on a few occasions and then he did a bit of shithousery. But then Lizzie came back and some really impressive strength from her. Like she got him up with some suplexes and some power bombs and yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was really good stuff. And then the finish, which is something close to our heart. Um, do you want to talk about the finish, Jake? Because, you know, you had a hand in it. Yeah, so um, I I brought a branded UWP keyboard. Uh, I, I, well, I, I brought it thinking if I can get it to Lizzie to hit my kit with it, that'd be perfect after the interview. Um, but if not, it's there for the bring your own weapons match. Um, now I managed to get it to Faye, who is off our Discord, is one of our uh, very good friends, who it is small enough that she could get to the front. She was one of them because we, we, we got there in the front row, it was already filled up. But then Faye just kind of went up and went to the guy in the front. Look, I'm like less than five foot tall, can I just stand here? And he was like, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> which she did. Um, <laughs> and she she gave Lizzie the keyboard during her entrance. And the, the credit to them as well for like managing to figure out on the fly a finish to that. Yeah, I mean, because they, they, we tweeted them about it, so they must have had an idea maybe that might happen, but like they didn't, nothing was solid. Because like when Lizzie came over, she, she looked at, so like Faye gave her the keyboard and like she looked at Faye and went, can I use it? And Faye was like, yeah, like, you're sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in fairness, this, <laughs> this keyboard, you. this keyboard was like, it was, it had the flex of a piece of A4 paper. It was I, a cheap I ass keyboard. Like, yeah, it was like one of the cheap shit ones that you get from like Home and Bargain for like a tenner. <laughs> like a Tesco value keyboard or the keyboards are available um, the, the, and, the, yeah. finish, the finish of the match was great because uh, all like through the match like Lizzie was teasing like wanting to hit Kurt with his keyboard and the ref was like in her face going no no don't if you do it I'll disqualify you and then eventually Kurt like shoved the ref and got in his face and the ref was like to Lizzie alright fine I'll just turn around if you want to hit him with the keyboard go for it yeah so Kurt, uh, Kurt shit housed his way into, into the ref's bad books and as a result he got decked with a keyboard yeah, and that keyboard fucking exploded. Oh my god, the keys went <laughs> everywhere. Like the space bar came off. Like I mean, Lizzie said, didn't she? Said she wanted like the keys to go everywhere. And for it to I, I thought yeah. like I thought like it just like bend a bit, maybe break a bit, but like it fucking went everywhere. It, it was it, it was impressive. It was so it good. Literally obliterated it with like, <laughs> my airspace. Yeah, so that was the opening match. Really good fun. Uh, a little bit of comedy mixed in with some good, a little bit of technical wrestling, and then like it was, it was a nice sort of because it started quite clean, and then it sort of graduated towards like obviously the weapon spot being the finish. It was a nice way to sort of wet your appetite and get you ready for for like the, the madness we were going to watch the rest of the night. Yeah, um, yeah, and what what was good about it as well was obviously like it, it did serve a purpose and kind of furthering Lizzie's story. Like after the match, she kind of called out the tag division and put them on notice and said, hey, and Angel Hayes are coming after the... She, well, she said, I've heard the rumours, women's tag belts. I'll have any tag belts. Me and Angel Hayes will be will fight the Kings of the North or the She-Wolves. Yeah, and, um, you know, it, it's, um, it's important to note, before we go any further, um, like last week or so, it was announced that um, TNT have just been acquired by Progress. Yeah. So there's, there's a little bit more cash kicking around, so maybe there might be new belts in the oven. Who knows? They've like, got access... Definitely... access access to a whole new pool of talent and all sorts. So it's exciting times. Yeah, myself and Troy went to the Progress show the following Sunday and there was definitely a lot more like kind of TNT based, like TNT based talent, let's say. Yeah. That were kicking about on the show. Uh, like Scott Oldman made his debut. Um, Did he win? 
no, he lost to Luke Jacobs, who's oh. also a TNT guy as well. Fair enough. Um, yeah, uh, Dean Allmark was on the show. He's done quite a bit with TNT. Um, oh, shit, who else? There was somebody else. Not Luke was, Jacobs. Wasn't Lizzie he on lost there as well? No, he, lo- he lost to Big, Gun- Big Guns Joe. Oh, yeah. Luke Jacobs wrestled Spike Trevay, another TNT alum. He, he was on uh, um, 2020, do you yeah, in a bang in there, no DQ match. Uh, Alexis Falcon was there. Oh, nice. Uh, she yeah. wrestled Lana Austin. TNT, so, TNT Women's Champion, Alexis Falcon. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it was it was a really good show, though, as well. Um, and yeah. I'm excited from briefly meeting um, Lee McAteer, the new owner of Progress. I'm excited to kind of see, the, see what he's got planned for TNT. As well as progress, it's weird because he's like he's one of the owners of Tramia Robots. That's where he made yeah. his name. But he seems to really give a shit about wrestling. Well, he used to own a uh, wrestle travel, didn't he? Oh, did he? Yeah, and that, like that's where he's got all his money from. Oh, fair enough. All this stuff because he used to own that and he sold it. Um, I believe that's generally what it is. Obviously, yeah. he probably got all the business ventures as well. Um, but yeah, from from briefly talking to him because uh, Troy knew. Him, um, and I'd, I'd seen him at like a few shows. He was actually at DOA. Um, yeah, yeah, as yeah well. I saw him. I saw him having a beer with Mike Angus. Yeah, um, some I saw Mad Dog there as well. He was there. Oh, right. <laughs> um, was he not doing ignition then? No, no, he was. He was at Progress. Um, Simon Miller was doing the ring announcing for Progress, so I don't know why Mad Dog was there, but <laughs> he was there because I saw him. Um, but yeah, it, it seemed from from brief chat that they've got big plans for, as I say, not only just progress but also TNT. Yeah, uh, that's awesome because it's been it's it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a hard road for TNT, especially since the pandemic started. Like um, they really struggled. Obviously, we'd not been able to bring over their American talent, like because it was always like a thing, wasn't it? Like we've seen like Pac, we've seen Penta, we've seen Phoenix. You know, um, John Gresham has been on a, on a TNT show. Uh, Ricky Shane Page was a regular before the pandemic. Um, Evil Uno was supposed to come over. Eddie Kingston did come over literally like the week before lockdown. Yeah. So you know, it's always been a, it's always been a, like they've always been re- almost not reliant, but it's always been like a, a sort of key feather in their hat is that they've they bought like big name talent over, and that's been like a big draw for a lot of fans. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like the fact that they they kind of don't rely too heavily on it though. Like they've obviously during the pandemic, like. And travel restrictions being in place, they were kind of forced to. They've almost, to... almost had to reset the roster in a way, haven't they? Because obviously, um, for those who don't know, they lost. Um, David Starr was their was their world champion uh, before Speaking the pandemic. Of... Well, yeah, they lost the extreme. Ta- the, two of their top champions basically they had to vacate two belts because people were um, accused of doing horrible things uh, in the speaking out mm. uh, movement. And so it's been it's almost been like a reset during lockdown, and they, I think they've come out of it in. As, as a roster in a much better in a much better position. Yeah, and uh, like we'll we'll obviously talk about it with the card as well. They've had to rely on people who um were always on like the the cusp of breaking through, but not quite there yet. Yeah, um, and it, it's cool. It's very cool to see like that TNT as a brand in twenty twenty two are thriving. Yeah, right. So we'll move on with. We're not going to spend too much time on any of the matches because you know they're not they're just death matches. Uh, but we'll talk about some fun things that happened. Uh, first match up then was weirdly. I mean, it made sense when you we've gone to the, rest of the show. The first match up was the Extreme Championship match. So that was Clint Mojira, the champion, versus Rory Coyle, the video nasty. 
Yeah. Any man who comes out with a VCR, like a full-size VCR, is, is a hero in my book because those things are fucking heavy. And he, he had the sack. He had a sack of, of, of videotapes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which they took a lot of nasty moves on too. <laughs> well, yeah, because so we'll talk about the finish then because uh, the match was, was, it was just a really fun death match back and forth. It, it was mad because it was just Rory Coyle beating the living shit out of Clint Margera for most of it. Yeah. And then the, the sort of turning point came when Rory had this like special videotape, didn't he? He was going to hit yeah, Clint with red. Yeah, and then Clint like smacked him with a kendo stick or something. Yeah, it, like exploded like red powder went all over uh, Rory, and then Clint gave him a Death Valley driver onto a pile of videotapes for the win. Yeah, which was the pretty... R was intact. Yes, the VHS survived uh, the, the the machine, so that was fun. Uh, so that, that sort of got the, the pleasantries out of the way, and then it was time for the for the actual tournament. So it was it, four... it was a pretty good match as well, though, to like kind of wet the appetite because it wasn't. It, as far as Clint's matches go in TNT, it wasn't mental. Yeah, it, it was, was quite it was quite reserved for what Clint does. Well, and then, we, and we called we called we, it wrong. So, of, so when this match finished, we were like, "Oh, I think Rory's entering the tournament because he didn't take much in the match." Yeah, um, we, 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 were half, we, we were half right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right then. So moving on to the tournament then. So we had four first round matches. The first of which was barbed wires and tables, and that was between Sessionov Martina and Lou Nixon. So if you're not aware of who these people are, Sessionov Martina is a not. I wouldn't say small, but she's not particularly built. Very slender Irish girl. She's a very good wrestler, but is a bit of a comedy wrestler. She, her whole gimmick is that she drinks and stuff. And... Yes, yeah, she, she's an awesome, awesome, like, I'd, I'd say an awesome experience to see in Session with Martina. Yeah, oh, she's fantastic. I love her. But, like, she's Lou Mixon, like, as, as I said to you, Lou Mixon looked like if he used, like... Lou, Lou Nixon was literally, like, he looked like Brock. Yeah, he looked like the Terminator. He could have been Brock Lesnar's son. <laughs> He's uh, like a, he, he was like his gimmicks. Like I think he is an MMA fighter, isn't he? Like as well. He said he was a three-sport athlete. He does wrestling, boxing, and MMA. MMA. Yeah, and he came out. He came out with like he's all muscles and six packs, and he, he was wearing just wearing a pair of MMA shorts and like some taped up hands, and that was it. And yeah, Session was there trying to like grind on him and down and buy cans of beer. And yeah, um, really fun That's match. It. Yeah, it started off with Martina trying to like go for clotheslines and just bouncing off him. Yeah, and then she like decided to like maybe invite him to have a beer with her, and then they started drinking. Yeah. And she spat the beer in his face and tried to jump him. A lot of it was just Martina trying to jump him, like it's just not working because he's too mm. big. There, there was there was a lot of like good spot like host spots for Martina though, where like she like finally like get like get him like looking like he was on the ropes, and then something horrible would happen to her. <laughs> yeah. Um, Considering this was the only match of it of the night that Martina had, she was a bloody mess. By oh the my end. god, she bled so much. Like, Fuck it. I don't, there was a bit, wasn't there, where um, didn't he just like hit her with like a, a like kind of um, a halo of barbed wire? Yes, and that, that's what busted. <laughs> yes, pretty much. It was uh, it was horrible. The finish was she Martina getting slammed through a barbed wire table. Powerbomb through a barbed table. Yeah, she, which... went, she went for a um, Hurricane Runner off the top, didn't she? Yeah, and um, Lou just caught her and just. And he just caught her and turned around and just murdered her. Yeah. Um, so, re- really fun match. Um, again, Martina, this is the second time she's been in the DOA tournament. She actually won the women's um, deathmatch tournament last year as well. Oh, did she? Yeah. I didn't know. She beat, I, uh, I, I, she beat Casey Owens in the final. 
Oh, like I remember. Remember, yeah, that, was, that was the bad one. Um, um, yeah, I, I like the fact as well when Martina was entering, she was like, she definitely does not want to do any more death matches. Please, someone tell the promoters she does not <laughs> want any more death matches. And by the end, she got up and she was like, yeah, I fucking love death matches. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was good. Uh, really, be- really, really fun. Uh, next up then, we had uh, the second match was Big F and Joe versus Cameron Solis. So Cameron Solis is the current TNT Ignition champion. Uh, Big F and Joe is a terrifying man. He's he's called Big F and Joe for a reason. Yeah. And in fact, fair play to him. He, he does death matches in a white shirt, tighty whiteies. Yeah. Um, yeah, and fair play to Cameron Solis as far as I know was this. Was this, this, was his, as- this was his third death match. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was a home run derby, which basically just meant fuck off loads of light tubes. Yeah. Just anything you could hit someone with, basically. So light tubes, kendo sticks. Um, and yeah, if this was Cameron Solis' first match, and it took about four seconds for him to have his first light tube experience. Well, on the bell, uh, Joe just launched light tubes at him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he wasn't fucking around. He just threw a stack of light tubes at Cam and then Cam threw one back at him. Um, and it, it just escalated very, very quickly. Um, they they fought into the crowd with light tubes, which was yeah. I'm pretty sure wild. they were. I'm pretty sure they were told not to take the light tubes into the crowd, and they just did anyway. Yeah, uh, they were breaking. The, no, not only the crowd; they were breaking light tubes like in front of the bar. Yeah, and then Cameron, and, also, and then Cameron did a moonsault off the bar and hit a light in the ceiling. Yeah, banged his head on, the, on one of the lights. <laughs> <laughs> The PCO moonsault of the bar. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, who's going to argue with big fucking Joe? Oh, you mean if he tell, if he says I'm taking this light tube into the crowd, then I'm not, especially if he's holding the light tube, I'm not telling him no. Yeah, the thing was though, the venue didn't even like bother to try and clear it up. Like, it was, it was there for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, like I, well, I look at it this way: I went to the toilet just before we left. And there was still glass, like, on the steps by the toilets. Yeah. It was... It was scatty. But it was a really fun match. Uh, it was a really good... Um, it was a really good debut for Cam. You, 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 oh, uh, the, I could say the finish as well. Um, Cam was kind of getting the upper hand, and then JJ Webb, who here Cameron was fighting on edition for the title, ran in and hit him with, like, a terrifying-looking, like, light tube bat. Yeah. And that knocked him out, and Joe was able to pick up the win. Yeah, it was um, it was weird, wasn't it? Because big fucking Joe, he's not quite a heel, but he was he came into the tournament sort of as a heel. It was weird. He he was, he was definitely playing heel in the first match against Cameron, but we'll talk a bit more about that as the tournament goes on because there was definitely like a, a natural turn. I, the I second match was there was definitely a shift. Yeah. We'll talk a bit more about that when we get to it. Um, but yeah, really fun match again. All these matches were entertaining. Um, Cam did really well. He got a, he got a big lot. He got like a lot of respect off Joe at the end. He sort of pit him, gave him a fist bump, and you know, sort of welcomed him into the world of deathmatch, which was pretty cool. Uh, next up, then we had uh, this was one of the first matches that was sort of affected by someone who could make it. This was Aspen Faith versus was it HT Drake? Was the guy's name? Yeah, um, he's a. a... He's from Newcastle. He's done a lot for North Wrestling. He was part of uh, WCPW and Defiant as well. Oh, cool. I also wrestled on the Ignition show. 
right. So he was he was in Liverpool anyway for the weekend. They just they just yeah. put him down a bit early. Not generally known as a deathmatch wrestler. No, um, but fair play to him. I mean, Aspen Faith has he's done deathmatch stuff before. I mean, he was the guy who got his hair caught in the barbed wire in 2020. Yeah, if you remember back then. Um, so this was a chairs and drawing pins match. Yeah, and he came out with a murder chair. Oh my god, the murder chair! Murder chair is not real, mate. I can't hurt him. It, it's the, that was the that was the most upsetting weapon I saw of the entire show. So uh, just to, just to clarify what this was, it was a steel chair to which had been presumably glued like nine half beer cans that had been like cut like across so like the, the sharp like ring bits were like facing up yeah it looked it yeah, looked horrendous yeah two yeah because uh well later in the match he towards the end of the match they set up for a they set them both up like a platform and um the, drake went into them basically <laughs> yeah and then about, about 30 seconds after that he was trying to charge Aspen in the corner and he just threw the murder chair at him and hit him in the shoulder and just gashed his shoulder like so bad. Yeah. Aspen took a bump on both of them, didn't he? Yeah. Which... But somehow Drake got the worst of it all. Yeah, because he got the velocity of the chair. His shoulder was pissing blood by the time... uh, Also Aspen had like a shirt on. Yeah. And yeah... uh, then Drake was just in his in his trunks, basically. Um, respect. There was a, there were a number of guys here who did deathmatch wrestling without a shirt on, which fair fucks do them. Yeah, respect to Drake for, in particular, for like last minute just filling in on this as well. Yeah, like going, yeah, I'll, I'll do that, and then having a mayor the chair thrown at him. Yeah, so again, another another really fun match. Uh, loads, and then this was a load of drawing pins on this as well. Uh, there was a really scatty spot where. Um, Drake took a bump on the pins and got up. He had a drawing pin stuck in his head. Yeah. Which was uh, not good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was that was it was really good fun. Again, props to both guys. It was it was an I mean, don't forget a lot of these matches must have been punched up on the fly because there was no because the card changed so much, but they still they didn't feel like it at all. Uh, right yeah. then, moving on. Uh, so we have the final match. Uh, this was this was an interesting one. So this was the match with both competitors. So Alice Cologne was meant to face Charlie Evans in a fans in the weapons match. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen because both of them couldn't be here. So before the match started, Clint Modera's music hit, and he came out and said that he was putting himself in the tournament because he didn't want anyone to get a free pass to the next round. Which is fair enough. Yeah. Um, and so his opponent was Alton Thorne. Yeah. Uh, not not a guy I've seen before, but again, really impressed me. Yeah, he was he was pretty good. He was a bit of a massive body, big fella, big hossy boy. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, with the bring your own weapons match as well, there was some fucking lunacy in that. Like, <laughs> there was one of the weapons was a vinyl record of the Batman motion picture soundtrack, the Prince one. Yeah, uh, there was a bag, a bin bag full of holly trimmings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which got uh, put in everybody's mouth. Yeah. Uh, there was a which didn't get used an American football helmet with like with thumbtacks on a mohawk of thumbtacks on it <laughs> and the yeah. guy who the guy who um, the guy who brought it just wore it looking sad for the rest of the show oh shit well, I think we might have missed it already what match was the one where they had the the little little explodey bombs explodey bombs they had one that was like a, a pink, a table tennis bat, but it had like, you know, those little firecrackers that you had as a kid. It had loads of them on it. Oh, that was this match. Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, when, when he smacked them with it, they all exploded. And it was great. Yeah. There was also um, a tennis racket where they changed the uh, 
the strings with barbed wire. Yeah. And also uh, a, a table tennis a paddle with thumbtacks. Just, just to uh, just to, to sort of before we go in before we go into the finish of the match and everything. When we were, when we were coming into the show, um, when we were like waiting to come in, we had a security guard going down, like patting everyone down and checking them. And he was opening up your bags, your bag, and saw a keyboard and went, "Oh, is that for the weapons match? Is it? Yeah." <laughs> it must have been yeah. such a weird, such a weird scenario. Like, it's like, right, don't let anyone in with anything dangerous unless it's specifically something dangerous for the wrestlers to hit each other with. I don't know. How yeah. you, I don't know how you do that as a security guard. It's like, right, is that? Yeah, is that, is that for the wrestlers? Yeah, okay, that's fine then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really, again, another really fun match. Clint won. Um, again, Death Valley Driver. It's something to do with the Holly, wasn't it, for the finish? Um. Wasn't it a DDT onto the Holly? Right. Yes, I think it was. Yeah. Again, fun match. Uh, that's already Clint's second match of the night as well. So props to him for for, for double duty here. That was awesome. Hmm. Uh, then we had was that the break after that? We had a little break, didn't we? We had a little break, and then we came back, and it was um, Big Fucking Joe versus Lunix and Fucking Hossigan. In uh, was it light tube and barbed wire match? It was there. Was a painted glass match. Light tubes and panes of glass match. Yeah, just all the glass, basically. Everything glass. I don't think Joe will do a match that doesn't have light tubes in. It, it, it definitely seems to be his thing. So he um, came out He came out um, the first match. He had something. What did he have with him on the first match? He had a weapon of some description. But then he came out for the second match just with a machete. Yeah, and a pint. And a pint, yeah, because a pint and a machete. I was like, okay. Again, I'm not going to tell big fucking Joey can't hold a machete in the ring. <laughs> can't do any of this. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fucking insane. Um, this match was really, really like I, I think this was probably my favorite match of the night. Yeah, I think it was the I think it was the best like match of the night. Um, like Lou Nixon, I don't know if he's a, normally a deathmatch guy, but he really brought it for someone who I've never seen I on a, in a deathmatch. Just like ah oh, fuck it, let's do this. Um, <laughs> because for it was weird, wasn't it? For like a long part of the match, it was just like Nixon murdering Joe. Yeah, well, it was they, they really Not, played up. They really played up on the fact that Nixon was like a more technical wrestler. Yeah, and it was he. He did a lot more kind of wrestling his stuff, didn't he? Like he was, he was just beating the shit out of Joe, like with MMA stuff. There was a bit where he's doing ground and pound on him. Yeah. Um, and it was like, oh yeah, there's, there's no way Joe's like gonna get, get out of this. And then didn't he have him in like a sharpshooter or something? He was in a wrestling hold. Went for the finisher. No, like mid match, and then like Joe, like kind of reversing the momentum. And Joe just got like a light tube and just smashed it over him. Oh yeah, yeah, I think it might. It was, and then it was, yeah, and then Joe kept putting him in like submission holds and like just doing nasty things to his to his body. Uh, there was a bit where I know Joe like threw like a stack of light tubes at Nick and yeah, and it was just like a bloody mess after that. Well, there was nowhere for him to go because even if he turned his back, he wasn't wearing a shirt, so it just exploded all over his body and uh, got yeah. him all over the place. Yeah, I mean, Nixon bled a lot in this match, like a lot. Uh, and Joe, Joe was just like Joe bled a lot in the first match with the camp, uh, and then he didn't really stop. Nixon had. Um, was it Nixon? No, someone had like a welt on the back, and I know it might have been Drake in the, in the last match. Had a Drake. welt on his back, and I like burst halfway through the halfway through the match, and it just started pissing blood. Yeah, there was. I mean, if if you if you were if you thought, oh, they might not bleed too much. No, that everyone bled a lot. 
you got if you were here for blood, you got your money's worth. Um, the finish of this match I really liked as well. So um, Nixon set up uh, a pane of glass between two chairs, like two chairs of platform, and then he was trying to put Joe through it, and they sort of went back and forth on it, and then he eventually locked in a rear naked choke on Joe, and as Joe was fading, he just sort of threw himself backwards and sent Nixon through the glass. Yeah, and as they landed, I think Joe was out. Like he just like, landed. On, he just landed on top of him, and the pin got counted. Yeah, uh, there was a bit in that match as well where Joe was like carving him up with the machete. Yes, he did use the machete. Just but on as, the rope, as you said before, though, this is weirdly this is when the crowd really sort of seemed to get behind Joe. Mm. And I think it was just a sheer respect thing because of the shit he was doing. Yeah, because because Cam was like the kind of local guy. People were like really behind Cameron Solis when he come out. There was a lot of there was a lot of like Joe chance, but Cameron's like the top baby face of like Ignition, which is like yeah TNT family friendly like arm of the um of the sort of uh show, if you will, or the promotion even. Um but so by, because by, of that, by this match, by the time Joe came up against Lou, everyone was the crowd was firmly behind him. I think the the, the good like I say good thing that the thing that was like worked in his favor was that like Lou had just legit like destroyed Martina in the first round. So yeah. everyone, everyone well, respected them, but they were. Nah, this we is won. really interesting because the first time I saw Big Griffin Joe was back last year when he was in the four way for the ignition for the Extreme Tap Championship. Sorry, and it was him, Clint, Jack Jester, and BT Gun, mm. and he was like the guy I cared the least about in that match. But by the yeah. time this match rolled around, I was fully on board. By the time this, by the, by the halfway point of this match, I would have fucking died for Big F and Joe. Yeah, I, I he he become quickly became the person I wanted to win after the first match, and then by this by this match, I was like, I like Lou Nixon; he's really cool. But as soon as he gets Joe, I was like, oh, it's not. But I Joe. hope, but I hope Joe kills him <laughs> like so yeah. hard. And. It, uh, yeah, so that, then moving on to the next semi-final, we had uh, Aspen Faith versus Clint Nigeria in a Taipei death match. So that was where they had uh, like tape wrapped around their like sticky tape wrapped around their wrists, and they dipped them into broken. It was actually broken light tubes. They dipped them into like broken glass from light tubes, and they were just punching each other in the face with a handful of glass, basically, which was uh, yeah. pretty pretty good fun. And the, the second they started punching each other, both men were like a mess. Yeah, and then of course they just brought in more light tubes and more glass and bits and bobs. Yeah, no more murder chair. No more murder chair. Murder chair can't hurt you anymore. It's gone. It's gone now. Um, but yeah, this was this was it was something a bit different. Um, it was a very different pace. It was much more of like a boxing match to start with. Like it was a lot of the guys trying to like sort of guard themselves and sort of you know you know consider the defense as well, which was which was quite nice. Uh, it wasn't just like because like a lot of the other matches were just ding 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 light tubes, whereas this was like. 10 minutes of five minutes of boxing and then light tubes. Yeah. And wow. yeah. Well, it's like uh, Clint picked up the win again. So Clint advanced to the finals. Again, really, really this, fun match. It was, this it was, was like the shortest of the matches, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was a slightly different pace, which was it was it was nice because it, it sort of it felt made it feel a bit different. It, it stopped the, the card getting too samey, which was good. Yeah. Just broke it up a little bit. Uh right then to the finals was the extreme death match. So as their um you can see, obviously, they do the spiel, they do the raffle, and they set up the ring, and there's just fucking light tubes everywhere. There's barbed wire on the ropes. There's light tubes on the ropes. There's panes of glass in the ring. There's all sorts. There's a mad there, box there of... A, there was a bag which was just all the broken glass they'd sweeped up 
yeah. that night. It was just everything. Um, so it was Big F and Joe again. And by the time he came out, like this is interesting because Clint Mojera is the champion and he is a beloved like figure in TNT. Like he is so popular. Like he's so, he's so and he's such a, and he's a genuinely lovely guy. He's like he's all about he, he has like anti like you know racism homophobia shirts. He's he's he's, he's all mm. about inclusivity. He's all about like you know equal rights and everything. He's a top top lad. But fuck me, it was like eighty percent for Joe. Yeah, in the crowd, it was nuts. Yeah. It was nuts how over Joe was. Um, and this match started, and Joe just fucking leathered. He just kicked. Clint in the chest and sent him flying backwards through a pane of glass. Yeah, did he shotgun drop cut, kick him? No, he just it was like a this is spot. Okay, he just one foot oh, was it? hoofed him. Yeah, <laughs> just put his foot right on his chest, just sent him like right back through a pane of glass. And then the first like five minutes were just it was just five minutes of straight of Joe breaking light tubes over Clint. It was it was just Joe doing a bad mare there on Clint. Yeah, he hit him with I, he hit him with literally everything. I think I sent to you and said like if they had Joe. Squash Clint right now. I yeah. think the f- wouldn't have been mad. What if they just like suplex City it and like, yeah, like if they had Joe like just made. I I, I think as well it would have possibly could have been like a better story point to revisit. Well, we'll talk about um, we'll talk about the finish. Let me just skip straight to finish because I think we've been talking about the finish. Like the match was really really good, like yeah. really really good. Like they they left everything out there they did everything they they were in the ring out the ring there was glass spots there was like at one point at one point uh, Joe just got a bag full of salt and tipped it all over Clint yeah and literally rubbed salt in the wounds uh, and both men were bleeding from everywhere Joe in particular I saw it on Instagram after the match he had like a horrible gash on his arm like just by his elbow which looked yeah. really deep and nasty um like at one point, Joe got like the broken glass from the box and just poured it all over the floor and like threw threw Clinton in. Like it was it was all he, sorts of horrible stuff. He did that cannonball as well, and his shirt, like the back of his shirt, just ripped. So then, oh god, was, yeah, his back was just like getting like bare, like like shoes on. His shirt ripped to the point where it was like a it was like an apron he put on when he got the barbers. Yeah, it was like a bib. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, so yeah, we get to the finish, and uh, Clint picked up the win. Was it a DDT yeah. he hit or something? He hit. I think it might have been, yeah. Um, onto like a load of light tubes or something, or like glass, or it was onto something horrible. Was it into the box? No, they didn't use the box. The box stayed outside. <laughs> we, we, I was a little disappointed in that. Uh, it, would have, it would have been on all the... All, all the, the glass and, and shit. Uh, so Clint wins, and instantly <laughs> there is a chorus of boos from the crowd. Yeah. And bullshit chats. <laughs> This was not right. This was not directed at Clint. I don't think. No, I think everyone wanted it. it well, I don't think it was directed at anybody in particular. Just like the crowd, yeah. were, the crowd were desperate for Joe to win. Yeah, and I think he'll win next year. Now, we'll talk a little bit about this now. I think it made sense that Clint won, like in the cold light of day. I mean, if you'd have told me, like, if you'd have asked me this question, like five minutes after the match, I would have been spitting, like. Truth, Joe should have won. You know, it was his time. Like I said to you before the before the main event, I said it really feels like Joe had like the moment. If you remember, like the away twenty twenty, Clint was like the, the underdog who sort of built up this momentum as the as the tournament yeah. went on, and it, it sort of got to me like, oh shit, I can really see him winning this, and then he did. And Joe felt like he was in that position this year. Yeah, I I think I think the the re- 
well, obviously, that, I think the reason Clint won was because he was replacing Alex Cologne. Well, especially, so we'll talk a bit about this now. So first of all, um, just before the main event, they showed a special video package and they announced that uh, there's going to be a GCW versus TNT weekend later in the year. Yeah. So as part of their partnership with Progress, um, they're getting GCW over to do a massive show. Uh, obviously, Alex Cologne is the GCW uh, Extreme Champion, is it? Yeah. And it's very clear now, based on how this finished, that he was probably supposed to win this tournament. And then do title this title, which is what... Well, yeah, he announced that obviously he couldn't be here this, but he's going to come back in March for Thrill Kill and they're going to do a title to title. So obviously, Alex Cologne was meant to win this tournament. That was going to set up the match. They were going to do title to title. And, and yeah, um, and, and don't forget, Clint is, Clint is getting pretty big as a, a deathmatch guy. He was actually over in... Um, he was backstage at uh, GCW. Yeah, at the Hammerstein, yeah. Mm-hmm. Taking pictures with Nick Gage and shit, so you know he's, he's actually making a big, pretty big name for himself on the death magazine, and he's probably the most marketable guy that TNT have as a regular. Yeah, but this I felt they could have possibly just give this to Joe and still done Clint I, Alex. Yeah, I feel like the re obviously the winner gets the shot at Clint. So if Joe had have won this match, it's almost as if they've given the main of. Like not not the main event, but they've given like one of the main events of next the next TNT show away. Yeah. Well, I mean, Joe did have a match with Clint, didn't he? He lost a couple of a couple of months back. Yeah, um, he was like, he was yeah he was one of Clint's first um, he was one of Clint's first challenges. Uh, but it would I think I, I agree with you. It would have been it would have been interesting if you'd have had a situation where you had Clint as the champion, but he'd been beaten, and you could and he was protected because it was his fourth match of the night. Yeah, so you could have you could have had him lose, and it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have ruined him. But I can understand, like obviously they, they really want to they want Clint they, they need Clint to look strong going against Alex Cologne. I don't know who's going to win that because like what the fuck's going to happen is is Alex going to take because whoever wins is getting both belts. So either you'd have, end- assume, you'd have to assume it would be Alex, but then on the other side of it, if Clint's been over backstage at GCW shows, maybe that's the plan. This whole angle where. Clint wins that belt and then he goes and def- like he defends it there and he defends it at uh, TNT. What if Clint wins both belts and then someone comes like just like fucking Nick Gage or someone comes and takes it off him? In a... well, it won't be Nick Gage, will it? Why not? Not? Allowed the, not allowed in the country. Oh, is he not? Well, if he's got a criminal record, then he? Ah, he could just slip Barris a couple of lines of bang bang and he'll be alright. Done time. <laughs> um, but yeah, someone from GCW can take it off him on, on the uh, on that weekend, maybe, and win the title back off him. AJ Gray. It just it's just a case of whether or not they want, um, or they could do it the other way around. You could have Alex Cologne win it, and then have someone beat him when he comes back over, and which I think is probably more likely because I can't see GCW letting one of the titles sit in Liverpool for three months, four months, five months. Whatever well, it, it wouldn't. Is. It wouldn't. Would it if Clint's going back over to defend it? That's true. I mean, you could always defend it on it on a GCW show. Yeah. Um, right. So that, that's that's the that was the whole show. We had a really fun time. Um, I would say yeah. to anyone if you're in the northwest, especially in the Liverpool area, and you've never been to a TNT show, I'd say definitely check them out. They have a really good local roster, and they are now back to the point where they're supplementing it with some external talent. Obviously, they have their extreme shows, which are 18 plus. Um, they yeah, have the shows, which are good, which are family friendly. The ignition show is a great. I went to one a couple of months ago, and it really felt like it really gave me that like Chikara vibe of like just a little goofy, but like really good technical wrestling as well. Yeah, 
so if, if you've got kids and you want to take them to some wrestling, take them to the ignition shows. They're on a Sunday afternoon. It's, it's family-friendly times. If you want to go and see something, something a bit more mature, I want to say mature, I don't mean like blood and swearing, um, go to an, a TNT Extreme show. They're on a Thursday night. Uh, check on their social media, TNT Wrestling on Twitter. It's got all the details. Uh, the next show they're doing is a massive one. It's Thrill Kill. It's in March. It's March the 10th. 10th. So there's the most 10th. And it's going to, fe- the card's going to feature Scotty Too Hotty versus Gene Money with Session Mark Martina and Special Guest Ref. You got uh, Scotty Rourke versus Mark Haskins. Scotty Rourke versus Mark Haskins for the L- the Ultra X Championship, which is like the Flippy Boy title. He did, he did the uh, promo, didn't he, on the show for that? Yes. Cut promo on which, there. Is, which is very good. Yeah. Um, we've also got AC Romero versus. Drilla Damaloni for the TNT Championship. AC Romero. And we've got Alex Cologne versus Clint Mogeri, Belfie Belt. Winner take all. So it's going to, I mean, it, that show is going to absolutely fuck. It's going to be insane. Yeah. I I imagine they'll probably have um, Kings of the North versus someone interesting. Yeah. And maybe She Wolves versus Lizzie and Angel Hayes. Why not? Like the Kings of the North versus Lizzie and Angel. I mean, fuck it, why not? Let's do it. Um, yeah. yeah, so there you go. The, Check. the forbidden door of professional wrestling is is here, though. Brit Rest is back, and it's never been better. And yeah. even if you're not local, if you can't make it to the shows, check out your local independent wrestling company because the British wrestling scene is on fire at the moment. There is amazing shit happening all up and down the country. I'll Go and check it out. Plot with a resurgence in Leicester, doesn't he? Um, yeah. They sound phenomenal. I'm definitely going to try and get to one of their shows this year. Uh, North Wrestling in Newcastle are one that's been on my hit list for ages. I'm definitely going to do my utmost to get there. Um, I mean, even in, even back up in the like the, the local area, you've got uh, Wrestle Island as well over in Wallasey. Hmm. You've got Catch yeah. in Manchester. Yeah, yeah, Future Shock in Manchester. You know, it's there's just so much going on. Just just try and get to some of it. And Progress is back as well, and they're going to be running shows not just in London but all over the country by the sound of things. Well, they do, they did Manchester on Sunday when I went. They've I think they've announced another Manchester show and they've got another London one. They've got Swerve in London on the 20th of February. Yeah, I'll be there for that. <laughs> That's going to be snorty. Swerve versus Karen Noir, boy. <laughs> <laughs> right, so that's going to do it for us. I uh, hope you enjoyed our review of TNT DOA 2022. Uh, as always, thanks very much for joining us and we'll see you all very soon. Goodbye. Hello, yes, Danhausen here. Danhausen has been summoned. You must love this podcast, Housen, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast, Housen. (laughs) 